This is, once again, the most hectic challenge podcast there is. Uh, I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. Once again, we are sorry that we've had to delay things for a day, but uh, we have very busy personal lives these days. Yeah. Stuff that we can't really uh, say no to. Yeah, stuff's going down right now. And, you know, I like to give, someone asked me the other day, because I was telling them about a conversation we had on the pod. And they're like, why don't you share that? Like, why don't you clip that out and share that? And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's certain things that are saved just for our people that rock with us, <laughs> not for the general public. And so if you really rock with us and you really want to know what's going on with us, we talk about that on the pod. I'm not about trying to clip things out to share just so that your fake followers right? Can like it? No, 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 no. The exclusive stories go to the actual pod. So to give you guys like, I apologize for this podcast being delayed. We're recording this on Friday. The reason for that is because as we talked about before, I got a new job. What that involves is working on the Raptors broadcast. So I put together the opening montages and teases for uh, the pregame show and Raptor games that are on the network I work at. So this week, if you follow basketball, trade deadline. The biggest name involved in the trade deadline was Raptors guard Kyle Lowry. So that led us to doing this like scrambled uh, trade deadline day show. So we were up live at two o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. So I got pulled off my normal job to work on that, which means my normal job got backed up, which was putting together the teases for Friday night's game. Don't worry, there's a good story coming at this, I promise. So meanwhile, while all of this is going on, I've been trying to figure out, okay, well, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to get music. We need to get like big time music. We need to start aiming high, finding big stories, blah, blah, blah. So I come in, my editor says, Hey man, I mean, Kyle's leaving. And if you saw that clip last night where Drake called him in the, in the middle of the post game show, like maybe we should try and get Drake's song. Now a peek behind the curtains of productions, it is extremely difficult to clear music in a short distance of time. Even if you have a long period of time, it's tough to clear music because there's so many people that you have to get to say yes to do it. And also you got to negotiate money, all that. So we're trying to do this the day before. And my, my editor's like, well, why don't we just ask? Like, who cares? And I'm like, you know what? I'm in a mood this morning. Shoot or shoot, let's go. So I message Drake. I send also an email through the proper channels, right, that you're supposed to. And fast forward now, again, NBA trade deadline is at two, no, the NBA trade deadline was at 3 p.m. At 2.43, so at this point, we're scrambling because there's rumors flying everywhere. Kyle's about to get traded. They traded this guy for a second round pick. They're trying to clear space. All this stuff is going on at 2.43. In the middle of it, an email pops up and and you hear the noise, right? And I look at it and it says, hey guys, just a heads up. Drake is on board with this. We just got to get the next two uh, co-writers to clear it and we're good to go. It'll cost blah, blah, blah. But uh, are we cool with this? So at this moment, I'm like, oh my God, we're about to trade Kyle Lowry. Drake's going to clear doing the open with us. This is going to be amazing. I'm like going, (laughs) I'm getting all hype. And then I'm like, something weird is going to happen where this is not going to work out. (laughs) And as you know, Kyle Lowry did not get traded. So I'm like, I can't use that chip now. Got to save that chip. And who even knows if we'll be able to get that chip in the the long run, right? Because the whole pitch that I wrote up was like, 
hey, we'll use Drake to say goodbye to Kyle Lowry. He'll represent the fans, and you know that will be a nice cap tip, and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, here we are. Kyle Lowry doesn't get traded. Um, I was working on a show that wasn't my normal job that pushed everything back. Now we got to adjust what the tease was to be like, hey, Kyle's still here. <laughs> and so here we are trying to scramble and do this podcast in about 45 minutes in between both of our days. Uh, yeah, I don't want you to shoulder the entire blame for this either. I can't get into too many details about like behind the scenes stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. at my job, but uh, long story short, our publishing program stopped I working. I told that story on the pod. Now that I'm thinking about it, but it doesn't really matter. Like, it's not, No, there's, you're fine. Anyways. There's nothing bad there. Uh, our publishing program didn't work. Uh, for about two, two and a half hours yesterday, right when I was supposed to be wrapping up my shift, and I had an exclusive interview with a um, uh, Leger uh, poll, like Leger okay. the survey service, mm -hmm. and they uh, have this exclusive poll that the Premier of Ontario, if there was an election today, would be reelected. He's basically lost no votes. Okay. and has broad support for how he's handled the COVID-19 pandemic. So I was dealing with all that. So while Sheldon was handling Drake and the Raptors, I was trying to like get the story done to move out this morning. Uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both have like, what? We have to get to back to our lives within the next it, 40 minutes or so yeah it was super weird man because after yesterday was so crazy the show would get off the air i kind of sit down and decompress and i'm like well at least i'll always have this email that says hey drake's on board <laughs> probably well who knows what will happen in the future and if we actually get to like circle back because you know it was kind of a perfect storm of you know a reason for him to say yes and like you know and now it's like hmm yeah Anyways, here's the challenge. Yeah, the challenge. Anyway, <laughs> here's the challenge. Yes, I, my phone is blowing up with messages. Unrelated to the challenge, though, let's talk about the challenge. Okay. So Corey starts off the episode by saying that for the first time in this game, he thinks that he feels that things are going his way. And he's right. He's partnered with Cam, who, if we're, I think at this point in the season, we can say with confidence that Cam and Leroy have run this show all season long. Mm -hmm. And Corey is now in a safe spot. Not that he ever had beef with either of them, but he was never their priority, but he's partnered with Cam. And so therefore he must be her priority. Yeah. It's a good place to be if you're Corey for sure. And, you know, I, I like that Corey was very thankful of Anissa because to Anissa, it was a very good deed for her to do, and it, it was an easy decision. But what Corey made sure to say is that, yeah, that might be the case, but that's not the way it normally works out on this show. So I like the fact that he was very appreciative and you know showed his love to Anissa. Um, speaking of showing love, though, I mean, can we discuss the the I don't even know what you call it bromance between Big T and CT and their workouts and all that? Like, there's a it lot was... going on here. This whole scene was really cute. <laughs> a little peek behind the you killed it curtain. I don't know how Sheldon handles this, but yeah. whenever the challenge uh, Instagram account or Twitter account 
posts a clip that previews like the next episode, which they usually do on Mondays and Tuesdays, I always watch them because I I thought you might, I thought that was the case that you didn't, but I like to, because it makes it easier to take notes when I watch the proper show because I can say to myself, oh, I've seen this two minutes. So I can either like do something else or I can focus more closely on background stuff. Yep. So Kyle, of all people, is helping Big T train, which is funny. I don't. Kyle doesn't strike me as a big gym guy. Uh, he's in fine shape. I'm not throwing yeah, shade yeah. at him, no, but he's he's no Fessy or CT or Corey or Nelson or or Lolo or any number of people we could name. Um, but he's he's air quotes training her. And CT sticks his head around the corner. He's like, what are you doing? She's going to get hurt. <laughs> and it's true. Kyle is giving her bad advice <laughs> on how to do deadlifts. Yeah. And so they had, uh, well, I guess he was trying to get her to do a snatch and grab. Doesn't matter. So, uh, so John, CT John comes trying to get out. the technical terms down here of the workout. <laughs> Classic John. So CT comes out and Kyle and CT and Big T are having sort of a strategy conversation, basically agreeing like, listen, Big T is the only one in the house without a gold skull. Who's she going for? Amber would be the best choice, but Amber's a rogue agent. Yeah. So she can't be nominated. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it has to be Anissa, Kyle's partner. and And Kyle's like, I love Anissa. I, I don't want to, I won't be sad if she goes away, says Kyle. And super then, shady by Kyle. Super shady. Super and, and unnecessary. Expected. Expected. As you and I have said all season, we don't know if they have to stick with their partners for the yeah. final. Mm-hmm. So all this, like, I want a strong partner talk, they don't know. And also, like, Kyle, you're coming off of a daily win with Anissa, like, the day before. But I digress. So... CT and Big T, CT takes over guiding Big T's training, and it was so wholesome. It was so fun and cute. What do you think of this scene? So we talked before about a couple episodes back of CT trying to produce her the episode, and I think this was another example, but probably a better example, because what you see here is obviously he gets all suited up, looking like the Michelin Man, right? Stuffing his his clothing with pillows and stuff and just having uh big t pretend as if she was running the gauntlet or what was what's that elimination called hall brawl hall brawl that's what it is and uh it was just funny it was good training but it's also like we talked about this before if you do end up in a hall brawl it's about contact and how many people have honestly ever just ran full speed into something in their life Like, if you think about that for a second, right? Like, even if you're a super athletic person, unless you've played a contact sport, it's a pretty weird thing. So it wasn't that far-fetched, and I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was funny. It was funny and, I think, useful. Yeah, useful for sure for the psychology of it. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, it doesn't end up being Hall Brawl. Little spoiler there. For sure. But, But realistically, I know Big T is not the largest person in the house. She's, I believe, the shortest person in the house. Yeah. And as you and I have discussed many, many times, 
if you are making contact with someone in a physical manner, like a body check or a tackle, the lowest person wins. So although Big T would, with respect to Anissa, be giving up a size advantage, Big T's height would actually play to her advantage as long as she can actually like follow through. And certainly, you know, I'm sure he sold it a little bit, but her knocking down CT <laughs> is actually good training. Like yeah. CT can't help the fact that like he's for sure over 200 pounds. And like, again, I'm sure he was purposely buckling his knees or whatever to gas up Big T, but just moving the weight of CT's body, even if it's with an assist from him, would be legitimately good practice for Big T in the possible scenario of a hall brawl or another physical competition. For sure. And the funny thing for me here was the scene that followed this because, you know, you're talking about CT helping Big T with the hall brawl, but really what we want to see is CT versus Bessie in the hall brawl or even Kyle, just so that Kyle would get hurt. Because in this next <laughs> conversation, and I'm being serious, in this next conversation, Kyle is so shady, right? Kyle is sitting there like he's on Gossip Girl with Bessie on the couch, and they're talking about how they both think CT is so overrated and you know if ct was that good then how come nobody none of the girls want to steal him as a partner and he's been living off his rep and kyle's just there as a hype man as if he's diddy to bessie's mace and he's just like the uh-huh uh-huh yeah take that take that gassing everything that bessie said and i'm like what is going on here this is ridiculous and i was thankful that nani was there to hear it and be like what is this is stupid well I mean, I just, I want to rope in, like, let's just talk about the argument between CT and Fassi in yeah. the Liquor Dome. Yes. Just for the sake of clarity. Because I had a lot of opinions on this. I'm with you. I don't know what Fessy's talking about. I mean, it, Nani in Confessionals being like, man, like, Fessy's attitude, his, like, he's arrogant. He doesn't see what's going on. And, like, in the argument in the Liquor Dome, CT at one point, they sort of cut it, they sort of edited it, but CT is like, hey, check the resume, and Fassi was like, whatever, that was like 2005. That's not the case. CT has won in the past four years, he's won twice in the past four years. I looked up his record, Yeah. because I was like, nah, CT's won pretty recently. <laughs> and like, I noted it down. First of all, CT played a nearly perfect game in War of the Worlds 2, which was what? two seasons ago mm -hmm. and he was in worse shape then than he is now correct uh, like let's not forget he won that season granted because jordan and tory flipped to his team at the last minute and they played a big role in that for sure but ct you remember they had to carry that sort of like pile of rocks yeah and he with while carrying it with one hand shoved over the entire American team and they were docked 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I definitely remember that. And that was incredible. CT played legitimately a perfect political game in that. Yeah. And, like, you can't criticize him in that scenario in War of the Worlds 2 for, like, playing both sides and, like, being, like, on the straight and narrow. And he also won, along with Smashly, as individuals... He won Invasion of the Champions. Yeah, like, I recently just watched that, the end of that season, actually. One of my friends was getting caught up on a bunch of seasons, 
And I was watching it and I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. That was a big time win, right? Because that's against, as he mentioned, against Nelson and, and Corey. So, you know, and he's right. CT was right when he said, there's always these young guys that come in and just think this is what it is. And, you know, they just come in thinking this is easy and you're old and whatever. And this to me is so funny because Fessy is still in that phase, even after being humbled in the last uh, eliminate or the last final that he ran. And this is the part that I didn't understand. This was the most frustrating part for me, okay? Fessy says, well, if it has to do with trying to run through three feet of snow again, well, then maybe. But if not, it's a wrap. And I'm like, bro, have you not watched this show before at all? Like, it could be climbing up a mountain, right? It could be running through sand in the desert. It's never just running around a track. Like, that's not what the show is. And so, any and right? So, his whole point just made no sense because it's not like the, the, the finale or maybe the season that Kara won, that was like you had to like run around and that one was pretty basic, but I think they kind of knew that and there were some other things going on that season if I'm not mistaken too. But yeah. for the most part, it's never just like a straight line race that like, oh, because you're the fastest you win. Like that's not how this show works. And the fact that Fessy still doesn't get that and he's like, well, because we had to run through snow, it's like, yeah, so did everyone else, you moron. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm also... Talking I'm sorry, sorry. I, I just want to say something. Yeah, go for it. Anytime someone says, I'm not trying to disrespect you or no disrespect, it means disrespect, right? <laughs> like, that was the other part. Like, Fessy, just stop, bro. Just stop it. I'm over him. It's so annoying. Like, he, like, win first, then talk trash. I have two more. I have two, I think, very important points to make on top of this. First of all, so Fessy's like, yeah, well, you know, as long as we don't have to run through three feet of snow or whatever, bro, you're filming in Iceland. <laughs> it's a pandemic. They can't clear you to travel anywhere else. Where do you think you're going to be running this if not, you know, in snow because you're in Iceland? The other thing that all these young guns that are always going after the Johnnies and the CTs and the Wesses of this world don't seem to recognize when they're like, oh, what have you done recently? Is that part of the thing that holds Johnny and Wes and CT back is that they're basically at war with the whole house every time they come on, right? Mm -hmm. And to a lesser extent, Johnny, Smashly, like look at this season that CT has had. Yeah. The very first night, he and his partner were put up just because people are scared of CT and Ashley, as they should be. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing, the very first night that CT like lost his partner, he had to go and pick what many people consider to be the weakest person in the house in Big T, and they made it work. Yep. Totally. So... So Fessy's like, oh, like you can't do anything. Yeah, that's easy for you to say, Fessy. You have like the entire Big Brother squad and the Young Bucks supporting you, and you still can't hang. Like it's, it's not really the same playing field. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know. This is probably my line of the episode, but I thought Leroy, <laughs> Leroy is just the best, right? Like when it comes Leroy down to great. it, Leroy is always great. 
And I thought it was super funny because Leroy just in his confessional, he says a few things here. First off, Bessie don't know that CT will whoop his ass. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I did this wrong. I did this wrong. A, Bessie don't know that CT will whoop his ass. B, CT is a way better player in this game than you are. And C, CT will whoop his ass. <laughs> That's not only was that an incredible line, but extremely accurate. Right? The other thing that I found telling about this whole exchange was that in his like shit talking CT, forget like disrespecting CT, it made it clear that Fessy has not watched back seasons. Again, War of the Worlds 2 was not that long ago. Yeah. Invasion of the Champions was not that long ago. Like, Man, Fessy, you know you're going to be on the show? Give yourself a weekend and, like, do a binge watch. Like, see who you're up against. Like, I know he's tight with, like, Nelson and with Corey. But also don't count on them as your source of information. And, like, I think, I actually honestly think Corey has a really good head on his shoulders and, like, sees the lay of the land pretty well. Mm -hmm. Nelson, less so. But, like, don't, don't trust other people's opinions. I also thought Nani summed it up perfectly. Like they're just two different kinds of beasts, right? Like Fessy's a guy who will hire a hitman, whereas CT will end your life with his bare hands. Yeah, <laughs> that was listen, my. Listen to how people are describing this man. <laughs> that is not a man that you want to smoke with. That's that's why you saw Fessy very quickly be like, "Dude, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Like, why are you taking so seriously? Why are you getting so amped up?" It's like I say it all the time. This generation doesn't understand that there's levels of disrespect. And once you cross a certain line, there's no more jokes. Like you can't just say whatever you want. At a certain point, you say something that crosses a line and you might get punched in the face. This generation doesn't understand that. And And I think that is a part that's messed up. CT in his youth could one punch someone and shatter their jaw. Yeah. And and now he's got old man strength. He's got dad strength. Like it's gonna be a different level. I do have a listener comment that I wanted to read out, though. Uh, and they make a good point. Aaron Smith says, CT's comments tonight during the 80s party was nothing but toxic masculinity. His tutu comments did not sit well with me. And that's yeah. a fair point. Like, I know okay. we just spent a lot of time gassing up CT. We're not co-signing on the kind of language he used. Because Aaron's right. Like, the tutu has nothing to do with it. Yeah. You don't need to, like, go there at all. It's disrespectful and and unnecessary. The one thing I'll say is, and Anissa touched on this, Fessy was bringing out the old CT. And And that's not good. You don't want that life. (laughs) Yeah, no one, 26-year-old CT is someone that no one in this world needs. Like, we don't need some of the things he said, some of the things he did, his attitudes towards women and gay men. We don't need any of that. Yeah. No, so, thank you. I like mature CT, but also do not challenge CT to a fight. Yeah, you don't want that smoke. And we know Fessy doesn't want that smoke. No. Um, but speaking of smoke, uh, I don't know if I want the smoke of jumping out of a plane. No, I put that down too. <laughs> I don't think I would, like, I mean, Leroy says, you know, people always ask the question, what would you do for a million dollars? And maybe this is it. But it's not like, yo, you jump out of a plane and they hand you a million dollars. It's like you jump out of a plane and maybe you get a million dollars if you do a bunch of other things afterwards. Or 
because you're not threatened to go into the elimination, maybe you don't have to jump out of a plane to win a million dollars. Either way, what did you think of this challenge? Because it was kind of cool in the sense that, first off, you have to go 15,000 feet in the air, jump out of a plane. While you're falling to the earth, there's a huge puzzle that you have to memorize. Then once you land, you have to run half a mile with your partner, get to the other part, and then finish putting together the puzzle that you just memorized while you were afraid of your life. So I thought about this and I, there's a, there's a couple things here. I thought I'd be terrified of it. And then I watched it. And the fact that I felt so like in the moment while watching it, like they did such a good job of filming it, right? Like they had the GoPros on the, uh, the people that they're strapped to. That the GoPros yeah. on their on their arms on their wrists, right? So it gave like great camera angles. Like they filmed it so well, they cut it together so well. It was edited beautifully. The shots were dope. That it had me feeling as if I was on the ride with them, and I was feeling that sitting on my couch. So it was beautiful on my couch. I can't imagine actually doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was feeling the ride with them. And, I can't do that. I, skydiving, I skydiving is always one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'd love to do it. And then like, as soon as I look into any sort of like research yeah. or like watching this again, it was beautifully filmed. Mm -hmm. Like I like it's so cinematic. It was great. I, I don't think I could do it. And Leroy made an excellent point when he said part of the problem with this is because Leroy was second most scared of this challenge yeah. behind Big T. But he made the very fair point that like his plan to get through it would normally be to close his eyes until the instructor told him to open your eyes to stick the landing. Yeah. But you had to keep your eyes open to look at the puzzle yeah. to memorize it. And you had to like stare at the ground coming up at you. Yeah. I don't think I could do this. I don't think so either. I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, you know, if it's like, hey, jump out of this plane for a million dollars or whatever, I'd like to think that I'd be able to gas myself up to do it. I, I'd like to think that, but I don't know. Just off like, hey, let's go skydiving. Mm, I don't know. When I don't know. When I was, I was in my early 20s. I, can't I, can't, I was going to say something that I'm like, I don't think I can say that in 2020. <laughs> uh, but let's move on. I was just going to say, in my early 20s, I think maybe I could have done this. Mm -hmm. But now, Sheldon, I'm old. Like, yeah. I have a sense of my own mortality. I have responsibilities. I'm aware of, like, I even think of, like, roller ones. coasters now. Like, would I go on roller coasters that I would have when I was a kid? Like, I don't even think so. Like, I don't I went, I went to Canada's Wonderland, which is mm -hmm. the big amusement park for our American mm -hmm. listeners in Toronto, mm -hmm. like, two years ago. And it was a struggle. Yeah. Like I, I'm it was a struggle to go on roller coasters. Yeah. I can go on the kitty ones now. I can go on the wooden <laughs> ones where you don't go upside down. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, you mentioned that Big T was the most scared, but the way that they cut it, I knew that she was eventually gonna go. Yeah. Like I knew she was gonna go down. Kyle was funny screaming and, and why is everything keep spinning? And not Kyle's quote that he said, jumping out of a plane is unnatural. There's a reason we don't have wings. <laughs> I, I will say, sorry, I know I already said something else was my line of the episode. My true line of the episode yeah. is that when Leroy's flying up, 
Cam, again, they're 15,000 feet in the air. Cam's <laughs> shouting, like, encouragement. Like, you got this, babe. You got this. You get, Leroy, you can do this. And then she turns to everyone else and goes, do you think he can hear me? And Corey goes, yeah, keep going. <laughs> and Corey's deadpan, yeah, keep going. was just, mm, yeah. chef's kiss. It was perfect. Perfect. Perfect reality television making, for sure. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everyone ends up jumping out. Right, it is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. But the big thing that really happens here is that Cam and Corey, I mean, Corey saying he has a photographic memory, which I think was something he talked about before. I feel like that came up before on a prior season. I don't remember no, it being true. It was. Saying, um, I remember him saying that. No, it was. Uh, what's the guy's name? Bailey's husband, Swaggy C. Swaggy. I'm so I'm so mad that I remember that. Shouts to name. Swaggy. I forgot. It him. was Swaggy that said oh. he had a photographic memory, and then like immediately forgot things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, either way, so we go through this challenge, Corey and Cam end up winning. But the big deal here really is that Big T and CT kind of get into it again, right? We have two things going on here. One, uh, Big T doesn't really run that hard and neither does Anissa. And I mean, it's kind of fitting because those are the two people that would end up in the elimination. But the big storyline, I guess, was CT telling her that, you know, this is why he, he, this is what he was thinking when he left the first time and he switched partners because he's worried that will she be able to run in the final and i'm going to be honest with you while he might not have won about it in the right way again calling her out in front of everyone emotions are high in the moment and he's not wrong right like at the end of the day he's gonna have to they're gonna have to step up they're gonna have to figure out a way to do that no like in the final, she's going to have to figure out a way to run and push through and not, you know, slow down and walk. And I get that she was like, oh, well, I just did something I never thought I could do in terms of jumping out of a plane and now you ruined it. It's like, I get it. But at the same time, you're on the challenge. Like, Yeah, I've, if we're going to make space for CT's emotions running high, though, we have to make space for Big T being like emotionally exhausted <laughs> after that. Yeah. And CT's concerns are legitimate, but he definitely chose the wrong time to say something. Especially this is the second time he's like told her off in front of everyone. Yeah, I wonder how bad it got and how how much they edited it. But I had mentioned the editing before and Big T landing and just yelling, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. I thought that was really funny. I Um, thought so too. But yeah, 14 seconds separated the winners, as we said. And uh, Leroy and Casey won. What did I say? I said that Corey and Cam won, right? I was wrong. Yeah, right? you're wrong. It was Leroy and Casey. Leroy and Casey won. My bad. And uh, it was pretty basic. We already knew how this was going to play out. There was no drama, really. We knew that it was going to be Anissa versus Big T. It was just a matter of how it was going to go down. And it was a genius of Cam and Leroy splitting up and being in different pairs. They they continued to save themselves because if they're a couple, it would be too easy to just throw them in all the time, right? Once you separate, that means you're aligned with other sides of the house automatically. It's a genius play. So we already went through what happened at, you know, nothing really goes on in deliberation. We already went through what happened at 80s night. Um, yeah. which my only question was, where did they get the clothes from? I guess that was some intern's job that day. Uh, I, I wonder if it's an intern or I wonder... 
because I had the sense that some of them did not come prepared. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like some people There's like no Casey. Well, I think that I mean it wouldn't be a big deal for the producers to be like, "Hey, we're gonna have an '80s theme night at some point," because we've seen this before where they have like a Halloween party or whatever. Like, there's sometimes a level of preparation, so I imagine that yeah, at some point the producers are like, "Heads up, do this," because yeah. again, like some of them were more prepared than others. Totally. Right, like where they had like clearly a more pulled together outfit, but then you saw some people that had sort of matching outfits, and I feel like production went out and got them some like neon tutus or whatever, and said, "Here you go, <laughs> like totally. get it together." Whereas like some people were, yeah, quite pulled together, and good on them. Totally agree. Totally agree. So let's get to the elimination here. Fire because... escape. So we've seen this one before. And I'll be honest, I was a little bit let down to see this elimination again. But at the same time, I was even more let down because right away I was like, there's no chance. Nisa has no chance. And, you know, I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm saying because I'm not body shaming Nisa. That's not what I'm doing here. Because on the flip side, if you really pay attention to what this show is, no matter what kind of body type you have, there's just certain challenges that work in your favor and certain challenges that don't. So it's not so much about what Anissa's body type is in a singular form. It's more about how it fit into this elimination. Because if this was Hall Brawl and it's Anissa versus Big T, Anissa's the favorite. If this is Whiplash, where you have to rip away the wishbone or whatever it is away from Big T, Anissa's the favorite. Right? So as soon as I saw it, I was just like, ah, you know, tough break for Anissa again, because she's going out right before, you know, the elimination or what we think or what we thought was going to be the final. But I knew she had no chance. So it was very anticlimactic to me. It was anticlimactic. And I was torn about this. I really like Big T. Mm -hmm. I did not want to see Anissa eliminated. It's yeah, heartbreaking. No, I would really like to see Anissa win. Yeah. I thought Anissa was very classy when she made the point that she really wants to see a woman of color win. And the mm-hmm. only women that are left are all women of color. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did like interviews afterwards yeah. saying like she felt like something bigger than her was going on. And yeah. she was pleased that that's the case. And you know, for what? Sure, like that, I, that's classy of her. I was just, I was disappointed as much as I like Big T. You know what's cool about that? And I know I'm kind of contradicting myself because we're bringing it up. But I also like the fact because it shows how far this show has come. Where, like, when she said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, that was my reaction watching it. Like, I was like, oh. And to me, that is real equality, like, mm-hmm. real, true, honest equality. And it is a big deal for her to bring up. So I'm not knocking her for bringing it up. That's not what I'm saying. I hope I'm not misconstruing myself and I'm making sense here. But I thought it was really cool that she brought up the point. And I was like, oh, that's right. That is really cool. But it wasn't something that was like slamming me in the face. Because I, And the reason I think I feel that way as I think about it in the moment, as we normally do on this podcast, the reason I think I feel that way is because that's when it comes off as genuine when it's not in your face and it's not like 
you know, they did some diversity council to make sure that they have like enough people from all different. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I get what they do with casting, but if you, if you just look at the people that are left on the show, they're all really good characters on the challenge, right? They're people yeah. that you like, they're people who you've been on the show for a long time, people who are brand new, people who are from Big Brother, people who are from what, like it's just such a, there's a diverse cast within the diversity. <laughs> that makes yeah. Sense. And that's really I, cool. I was going to make that point that it's not just, it's not just tokenism. Mm -hmm. And like, it was not that long ago that they would, that like Leroy and Naya or uh, Leroy and Devin mm -hmm. were joking about how they were the only black people left halfway through the season. Always. And now, not only is there not just like a token black person or a token person of color, but to your point, a huge diversity, mm -hmm. right? Like obviously Big T was raised in England, but she's originally from Africa. Cam was raised in the United States, but she's originally, her family is from the West Indies. Like they are showing different cultural experiences within like the broad strokes, black or Hispanic or that's great to see. And, and like, you again, it's and, not wedged in. And further to your point, right? Like nobody, or I, I would hope that nobody is watching the show and thinking, oh, that's the black guy. No. Oh, that's the black girl. Like it's it's not like that. And I think you got to, you know, we give this show credit and we also try to call out things as we see it. And I think just as important as it is to call out when you think, you know, oh, you made a mistake with Camilla or you made a mistake with whatever. I think the flip side is important as well to acknowledge when I see actual change that seems genuine. Because again, yeah. I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but when Anissa said that, I went, oh yeah, that is true. And yeah, I think it, had, it honestly hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's when you find genuine change and I applaud them for that. Well, and Anissa was focused on the women but the men are also diverse too. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right? Totally. So um, I do want, sorry, I had another listener comment. Julia Lamana, like us, or like me, I don't want to put words in your mouth, says, is it just me or am I the only one annoyed that Big T won? I wasn't annoyed, but I was disappointed. And she had a question for us. Julia did. She, uh Big T, after she wins, decides to be to stick it out with CT. Mm -hmm. Julia wants to know, who do we think she should have picked? Uh, Julia suggests that Big T should have chosen Fassi as a shield. What do you think um, she should have done? But would it have been a shield? Like, we don't know that. Like, why? Like... I think you go with whoever you think you can work the best with. And, and Fessy isn't proving to be a good partner. And so I don't know if you want to be attached to him regardless. I get that he has the numbers in the house and I get that he's a really good competitor, but all he's proven is that he's not a good partner because the, you know, CT is a good partner as well. And what is the difference? How much worse is CT than, than Fessy if he even is worse? So, I get it and I understand it. I like, I like working with what you know as opposed to what you don't know. Uh, yeah, I like. I mean, my one thought. I guess, I was gonna say Leroy, but she couldn't pick Leroy because he was one of the double agents. Yeah. I guess sticking with CT is the way to go. Yeah. Again, I feel like a broken record. 
we don't know. I mean, there there's clearly one more episode left before we get at least one episode left before we get to the finale. Yeah. But we don't know the role that partners are going to have. No, not at all. Like there's something to be said for, I mean, there's something to be said for picking Corey Mm -hmm. because then Cam presumably would go back with CT and there's some evidence that Cam and CT were not a great combo and that could put Casey in a better position, excuse me, would put Big T in a better position in the finale. Yeah. Like now that she has her gold skull, she should be thinking long term. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's tough. There's not great choices. I know Julia suggested Fessy. I wouldn't want to be with Fessy. No, I don't think anyone wants to be with Fessy. Show me the person who was partnered with Fessy this season that has said, yeah, this was a great partnership. Doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I agree. Uh, we've covered our lines of the episode, but tell me, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? I mean, I guess you got to give it to Big T, right? Like to keep it simple. I mean, at the end of the day, she was the most terrified. She also had the worst spot in terms of being the first one out of the plane, which I didn't even think about that, but it made so much sense. Like you have to sit right in front of the door the whole way up. And so if you're already afraid and you're going up in this plane with the door open, like, nah, bro, <laughs> I'm not here for that one. So to for her to, and you see her crying and, you know, she accomplished that fear, did that, and then went in the elimination and got her skull. It's too tough for me to pick someone else. So I'm going with Big T. It's unanimous. I think you have to pick Big T. She won a gold skull. She faced her fears. She continues to be beloved inside the house and out. Yeah. Uh, it's not her fault that CT was a dick to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she finally got to the final. And I'm... Well, we don't know that yet. True. It looks like she she has a ticket to the final. We'll see if she can actually have it scanned. That's a tease. (laughs) But um, I'm intrigued to see if she makes the final, how she does. Because I actually think she has a good skill set when it comes to the final. Because she has determination. And more than anything, that's what you need on this show. I agree with that. Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander, and on Twitch, On Blast Podcast. Uh, like and subscribe wherever you get this podcast. You know where to find it already in all the places. And of course, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got lots of stuff there. And hey, if these are the stories I'm telling on this podcast of the people, what stories am I telling on other podcasts? You just <laughs> never know. You just never know. That's a fair point. I, I like the vibe that we just tell the story here and it stays here. There's no need for it to, you know, escape the room. This is for us. This is for the family. As one of my favorite comedians, Bert Kreischer, says, secret time. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. Sheldon, I can see that you're at work right now. So I'm not even going to put you on the spot. I'm just going to say you killed it. Are you ready? Oh, I thought that was it. I thought you just said it. No, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna do it for real. <laughs> you killed it. Getting better. Getting I'm, better. Thank you. I'm leaning into it. I realized my neighbors to either side, both condos are empty, so I'm less concerned about being noisy. So I can say it, say it with my whole chest, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs>